welcome back to the Country Intelligence Report. We are your hosts, Spencer Bentley, Terrell Cummings, and Devin Florzak. Today we have a very interesting episode. Uh, we will be discussing how advances in technology are impacting small businesses, and specifically small businesses in the consulting world. Uh, we've all seen um, the proliferation, rather, of many uh, consumer-level and uh, sort of enterprise-level technologies starting to come online in recent years uh, with increasing levels of sophistication uh, that are poised to really disrupt uh, not just everyday life, but specifically how business uh, businesses are run uh, uh, throughout the world. And um, this is something that's really uh, uh, prevalent, especially uh, in the small business world uh, in terms of helping make, you know, work more efficient, um, helping small businesses sort of punch above their weight class. And it's really democratized uh, the, the, the economy in a way that I don't think we've really seen in our lifetime up until this point. So I guess the first question we have is, you know, how have technolo- technological advances in recent years affected small businesses in terms of their ability to compete with larger corporations? And, you know, what are some strategies that small business owners can use to stay competitive in this change- changing landscape? Yeah, I, I think that we could probably start with a boring one. You know, it's... <laughs> Maybe we don't, but I'm just going to throw out a boring one there, which is, of course, um, Microsoft Teams. And, I mean, honestly, when I was in school, we pretty much used, you know, Google and their suite of tools, which, you know, you have email, um, you had their document sharing platform, um, do spreadsheets and whatnot, which was fine. But, you know, once you get into, you know, the more so corporate Grown up world. It seems like Teams is prevalent. Uh, you know, there's Slack. It seems like a lot of software companies use Slack. Um, I know some are using Discord now, which I think is kind of interesting. But it seems like most traditional companies after COVID just defaulted to Teams. Uh, and obviously, that was probably an easy choice because they most likely already had Microsoft 365. And I'm sure they might have been using Teams in some capacity, and you guys would probably know that too, uh, having you know other jobs. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it was interesting how um, you know for me personally to switch from Google to to Microsoft and inform Teams, and that there's a whole slew of things that you know you need to think of in a virtual world. You know what what chats you're in and who's in those chats, what information you can share in those chats, making sure that. You know, you're not saying something and, you know, say someone gets added to the chat later. You need to make sure that, you know, you're, you're essentially keeping provisional control of any chats, any files, you know, anything that's online. And it really does start with teams, I think, for, for small businesses that are more on the traditional side of the world. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that, that, um, you know, most jobs that I've worked previously, or I won't say most, all jobs I've worked previously have all utilized Microsoft Office one way or another, utilize that, utilize, utilize Outlook. 
Um, they'll make sure the Outlook will connect to your phone somehow so you can get your emails and have your calendar available on your phone uh, when, you know, readily, that's readily accessible. As far as doing that, you'll be able to pick, you know, be able to pull up documents if needed. And what I would, is the, I mean, the Word documents or, P, or um, slide decks or whatever that may be, you know, PowerPoint or Excel, you pull up from your phone, mobile device is easy to use. So having Microsoft Teams be able to, um, you know, I guess connect with your coworkers because we're in a more remote environment now more easily. You know, that's a way that, you know, it's probably an easy transition for businesses, especially for small businesses. So I think, um, like, like you said, Evan, I definitely agree that it was definitely a direction that businesses could go, especially small businesses. You know, if they're not working in office all the time, you know, they could be in their home offices and they can communicate with their coworkers really easily, be able to share documents very easily once they get used to it. You know, there's a lot within Microsoft, um, office that you have to get used to, especially combining everything into teams. But once you get kind of a feel for it, I think there's definitely, uh, advantages for small businesses um, as far as being able to share their work and being able to view their work and be able to communicate with their coworkers easily and utilize SharePoint in the proper way and everything like that. So it is it there is a learning curve, but I think small businesses probably can adapt to that learning curve probably more quickly than larger corporations just because there's fewer people that has to adapt to that curve. So uh, I think definitely it's a it's a good thing for small businesses. Yeah, and and um, you know it, it it's interesting thinking about how essential um, these communication platforms have become since the pandemic and uh, how that one event has really shaped a lot of um, the, the the culture around um, adopting these sort of platforms. I remember uh, the company that I was with before the pandemic and when the pandemic hit um, utilized Slack. It was a tech company, like you said, Devin. Um, they utilized Slack and Everybody hated it. Um, it was it was seen as some sort of like um, like a, an, a, a, a nuisance, really. Um, you know, we were in the office. Why did we need this extra thing to communicate? We could literally just go to each other's offices and and you know discuss business there. Um, and it was it was really the 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 sentiment around it was was. Um, Hostility. It wasn't. It wasn't seen as a as a, a solution that was bringing real value. Um, but then the pandemic hit, and immediately we could not do business without it. It became so central to the company's well being that there was no viable way to um, maintain the company at all without utilizing that platform. And it, it's it's just interesting to me that the circumstances determined um, a lot of sentiments around it so drastically. Um, and, you know, coming from there to uh, here uh, to Country Intelligence Group, which is, um, you know, obviously a government contractor, a lot more, um, I'd say, traditionally uh, oriented company uh, compared to a tech company. Um and then still seeing that something like Teams is basically indispensable. Uh, we could not do business without it. Um, and yeah, I think for small businesses especially, um, it's it, it levels the, the playing field in a lot of ways. Um, it, it allows for open 
continuous communication. You can even plug into other people's uh, interfaces, other companies' interfaces that you may be working with and have them share uh, share uh, channels with you, which just it, it cuts down the latency that can be a real detriment to uh, business growth, especially for small businesses um, that, that need to be kind of always working and always closing and always, you know, attracting new business or, or catering to their existing business. So, um, so yeah, that, that's a, it's, it's just fascinating to me how, how quickly, um, sentiment has changed around these platforms. Yeah. And we can, uh, we can debate Slack versus discord another time, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that, that seems like that is sort of the, the popular debate now between these, these newer companies that, that I'm seeing, um, you know, outside of the government contracting world, it seems like I don't want to say people my age, but <laughs> you know, people, you know, folks that might have graduated within like the last you know five ish years of college or so. It seems like everyone has a Discord account. You know, Discord is it was first I think brought up as more so of like a gaming communication platform. So yeah, a lot of you know gaming groups on there, but now what I'm seeing is. You know, as far as the cryptocurrency world goes, you know, each project has a Discord. Each project has a Telegram channel. Seems like those are the two preferred methods of communication besides Twitter. Uh, you know, there are other more traditional companies that are getting Discords. You know, a lot of the fancy football content websites that I look at, they've started up their own Discords, which I thought was interesting. So it, it seems like companies are sort of moving away from, you know, the traditional teams into these more newish, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say new platforms, you know, Discord's been around for at least 10 years now, but it seems like there is starting to be a movement of, you know, away from the more traditional Microsoft 365 and commercial products versus, you know, Discord, which is pretty much free to use for anyone. You know, you could buy power-ups and boost and, you know, boost your server there. But it's interesting because when you look at small businesses, obviously we're always worried about our budget and costs and whatnot. And at what point do we say that, you know, our 365 package is too expensive? How do we essentially nullify our costs down to zero? And one way could be, you know, looking at Discord, looking at these more open source, free to use platforms that, you know, companies are definitely taking more advantage of now. And like I said, oh, sorry, my bad. Also, like I said, Devin, you know, you say people your age, but it's true though. Like your generation, you know, kids, you know, people that are coming graduating from college, new to like the workforce, find another place in the workforce. They have that knowledge of, like I said, Discord and Telegram, and whatnot. Where Discord, I think, typically to be involved in Discord, you have to be invited into the Discord. In, into that Discord, you can't just go out there and just find what you're looking for. You have to have that link that's going to invite you to to do that particular, um, you know, I guess realm or whatnot there so um like i said i'm not as familiar with it i do have a discord account um probably don't use it as much as i should as far as that like i said i'm a little older generation you know i'm right around 40 as far as that so people around my age they probably have never even heard of discord you know so that in a lot of businesses are probably the same way where people that are my age or older you know, they have no idea what Discord is, or they're like, oh, you know, they're going to be like stay off my lawn, people, or whatever, and they're probably not going to adapt to it, or be willing to adapt to it. But as you have the younger generation coming to the work so, workforce, you know, why not 
you know, learn more about the technology that's coming because it's not like it's going to go away. It's just going to probably evolve one way or another. And, and I think businesses need to evolve with it. And I think it's easier for small businesses to do um, as far as doing that as well. So, yeah, great point. Um, and, you know, to that point, I mean, Devin, you're exactly right that for a small business, I mean, you know, Microsoft accounts are quite expensive. And there's, uh, you know, I'm not terribly familiar with Discord, but I can imagine that in terms of the team's functionality and being able to communicate with, uh, you know, in, in a, a semi-open forum, that that functionality is not unique to teams. And I, I'm sure that a lot more companies are going to understand that there's a real business opportunity to be had there um, with, with getting that sort of um, uh, subscription service to uh, organizations, because there's there's really no reason to choose one or, over the other. There's there's maybe some interconnectivity that Microsoft offers with, you know, being able to plug in some of their native apps, you know, Excel, Word, and all that. But um, that that's that's sort of icing on the cake. Um, the the main the main function of Teams is the communication, and that communication uh, functionality can be had by or be uh, facilitated by any number of of, of software platforms. And um, yeah, I think it's 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 fascinating to see how um, these sort of uh, you know blue chip companies are, are going to be disrupted in in the future as your generation takes on more leadership roles, implements uh, different ideas, different approaches to problem solving, different approaches to or or preferences with software that they utilize on an enterprise level. Um, it's going to really be um, sort of a new world in a, in a lot of ways uh, in terms of just how business is done on the back end for a lot of these companies. I think in pretty short order. Um, especially when you have all of these other uh, complementary uh, uh, technologies coming online that um, are sort of at the bleeding edge of of um, development of 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 sophistication um, that may integrate. Uh, more natively with something like a discord that's open source um, compared to something that's, you know, a, a closed system like a Slack or a Microsoft office where, um, you know, they, they tend to keep uh, all of their um, all of their plugins or all of their native functionality uh, in, in house. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 uh, fascinating. And I, I, I didn't even know you could use Discord for that, 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 that end. Um, I've heard of it, like I said, but I've never I've never utilized it. But that's uh, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's it's similar to teams where you can create different channels and different sub channels under channels and provision those channels so only people could talk in them and. The thing that's probably missing is obviously, as, as you said, more so the plug and play icing on the cake with teams where, you know, if you have a Microsoft operating system, it, it kind of makes sense to just go with teams because teams works with, you know, your direct, you know, local directory files and you can really stay connected in that way, you know, across the company all the way from, you know, the back end to the communication layers on the front end. But, you know, I think something that's interesting is us being a country intelligence group as a small business is that, you know, I think we're able to move quickly on new technologies. You know, maybe we're not going to move to Discord, but as we mentioned last podcast, uh, everyone's favorite buzzword right now, chat GBT. 
you know, we're, we're able to deploy that and, and use that in a comfortable, meaningful ways right away. And I, I think that's interesting and definitely a benefit to small companies. Definitely. And we're, we're definitely going to, ch- uh, check on the, the, the chat GPT box. Uh, cause that's something I don't think we can, we can escape with this conversation. Um, but I, before we get into that, I did want to, um, just sort of pose this because, you know, the flip side of the coin is that, um, you know, these technologies, they are new, they are exciting. Um, they offer a lot of uh, functionality that we have not seen before. Uh, but with that comes risks, right? Um, we, we don't know what, um, say, uh, the, the security concerns or the security considerations may be, especially in our line of work, where we have that extra um, dynamic that we always have to account for in terms of information security and, and um, you know, data fidelity and, and, and privacy and all of that. Um, so, you know, I, I just, in, in your mind, and, and, you know, I pose this to, to the both of you, what are some of the more significant challenges do you think that small businesses will face when it comes to adopting these new technologies? I, mean, I think for us, that's one. You know, we're not just going to jump to a new technology, you know, to a new server unless we can you know, make sure we do our due diligence and make sure that it's going to protect everything needs to protect. Uh, we, we, we can't risk that as, as a small business, you know, and we can't be like, Hey, we're going to try this one and see what happens. Then if like, you know, all hell breaks loose and worst case scenario happens and it's like, okay, well, we got to start over. We got to move here. Like, you know, it can be pretty detrimental <laughs> as far as doing that. So I know a lot of times in that situation, I think that small businesses, some might wait, like at least in our situation, we might hold off as far as, you know, utilizing a new, a newest technology for like a server, you know, overall that's going to house all of our, you know, information or, um, you know, CUI information or whatever that may be um, as far as that. But I think as far as going and trying new platforms, you know, it could be good for small businesses to do. And like Devin said earlier, you know, they can probably easily try to try those different platforms and, and utilize things or see what works for them and what doesn't. Uh, like, especially the younger, younger generation, you know, that's probably more familiar with some of those newer technologies that are coming out, you know, go and weigh in, you know, what's the pros and cons of each. And, and you could probably test the waters a lot of them. Cause like Devin said, I mean, a lot of them are, are no cost or little cost to try and dip your toe in the water as far as doing that. Um, and like I said before, you know, technology, the evolution of it is not going anywhere. So it's like, you know, you have the discords that are out there or whatever else is coming in the chat GPT, um, you know, it's only going to evolve, you know, from here is where, where it is now compared to five years ago. It's crazy, you know? So, I mean, you want to try to, you're probably never going to get ahead of the curve, but you got to get on the curve somehow. And how's it going to benefit your business most? Um, that, that's, that's the question. You know, if you can find the right platform for your business where you can maximize, you know, maximize everything, you know, then that's going to be where you need to be. But how you do it, it's, it's, it's tough because some small businesses have more, more money than others. Some, some have more bandwidth than others as far as that. So, I mean, they're going to look for the best platform for them. That's being most efficient for them as well, you know, especially if they have smaller numbers uh, within the organization. Yeah. And being able to judge, you know, maybe not, I guess new platforms or, anything new that you're really introducing to the, the ecosystem of your small business and being able to judge its impact if it's going to be you know worth it or not I think that's a pretty tough challenge 
when you start considering, you know, the financials of your small business, everyone's bandwidth, you almost need to be sure that when you do introduce something that's newer and you want to use it, you need to be sure that it's worth it. But that's definitely a challenge. And, you know, because if it's not worth it, then you, you lose those hours figuring out, you know, if it was worth it or not. If you spent some you know, money on it, it might have taken a chunk out of your budget uh, to you know, create a new platform or you know, try to fit some other platform into you know, your business process. It's almost like you know, we've talked about as a company before building you know, our, some of our own solutions. And it's, I wouldn't say it's a strange area, but I think that being able to get to a level where you're fully aware of, you know, what you're doing and why you're doing it as far as, you know, creating something new goes, it's very challenging for a small business, especially if, you know, you consider the budget and new te- new technology is, you know, pretty expensive. It's expensive to hire developers and flush it out and, you know, then maintain whatever you end up working with or developing in the end. So there's, it's definitely a challenge, but, you know, just being able to figure out if it's worth it in the end is, you know, probably the first thing a small business needs to do. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And um, I was thinking, you know, that the the opportunities can really seem enticing, uh, especially for small businesses. But the truth is that these technologies are are evolving and moving so quickly that it's. Uh, it may not make good business sense to implement some of them, uh, at least in their current iteration, just because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I guess sort of a for instance is, uh, you know, when, when ChatGPT and we're, again, the buzzword ChatGPT, <laughs> when it came out, it was, um, you know, revelatory in a lot of ways. Um, people immediately started uh, creating, you know, content businesses off of it and uh, implementing um, or, or, or leveraging, um, you know, th- that sort of generative AI to spit out a lot of different, um, um, you know, search engine optimized uh, blog posts and things like that, that really were became almost overnight essential to the growth of their, their platforms. But then, it seems like uh, in the blink of an eye, um, they were acquired and immediately put a paywall into their more premium service, and it it became a tax to, to the companies that were leveraging it. Um, and you know, it's it, it was it's a nominal tax. I believe it's like you know it's forty dollars a month or something like that. But it is another financial consideration that now this business have, that has become so reliant upon it has to take into account. And there's no guarantee that that won't just continue to escalate. So when you're thinking about leveraging these and making you know, some of these technologies you know, essential to how you do business, even though they may help you with efficiency, they may uh, more than likely, especially if they're successful, uh, end up becoming another business expense that you have to account for, um, which is, you know, no small thing for a small business. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think that's, that's kind of a little bit humorous that, you know, these, these little spin up companies that people are just messing around with, you know, they, they didn't consider that, you know, chat GPT and open AI might put a tax on, on their services and 
you know, it's an unexpected cost then, you know, especially if you only got a hundred or 200 bucks, you know, and you got to pay a monthly cost out. And it, I mean, it's, it's, it's not that much money, but if, if you're trying to, you know, run a budget and, you know, try and mess around with these new technologies, it's definitely an unexpected cost. And that's something that, you know, just in general, small businesses deal with a lot. You know, there's just a, sometimes, you know, an unexpected cost comes in, you know, via, you need to actually like pay for more, you know, Microsoft licenses, you know, you need to pay for, if some of your data starts getting leaked, you know, my, my friend's um, dad's insurance company, you know, they had a big uh, email leak where essentially, you know, his main company email got coerced by, you know, some hackers and who knows where, and they started sending spam emails and, you know, they've had to pay, you know, upwards of $2,000 trying to get that under control. So it's, you know, crazy. And it's, it's definitely something that you can't plan for, but, um, going back to pet chat GPT though, I did see something interesting where someone was doing a, a case study where they posed the question to chat GPT about them only having a hundred dollars and chat GPT is supposed to be their business liaison and essentially take the hundred dollars and put it to best use to make money. And it's kind of funny because it was actually successful. You know, they start off a hundred bucks they said to start up this website about, I think it was green kitchen kitchen items, maybe. So kitchen items like spatulas that are holistically made, you know, with recycled materials. And essentially they'd be wholesaling, you know, items from Amazon or wherever else and marketing it up, but, you know, making it look cool. So it was, you know, it seemed like a cool, you know, thrifty site. And so they said, to, you know, spin up the site, you know, take 10 bucks for that. Um, they said to spend, I think like 40 bucks on advertising on Facebook and somewhere else. And then they said, you know, I think sales started kicking in and, you know, they started coming out of profit, but I'm assuming that, you know, I don't know if that user was paying the, the premium chat, chat GPT because that'd be interesting if they would, you know, have to budget for that, you know, cause uh, like you said, I think you said it was like 40 bucks or something. You know, there's there's these products and they're, they're cool to use when they're free, but, you know, eventually they're going to be, you know, walled up like that. And, you know, their price might go up depending on their, their usability. So as a small business, I think it's good to, you know, use them initially and get a feel for them. Like, you know, we've sort of done with Chad GPT and... If we feel a need to pay for it, you know, that's that's a good thing. And if we could get on, you know, on the ground floor and, you know, maybe lock in our price somehow, you know, that, that'd be cool too. Yeah, that's definitely a risk um, that I think is going to bear itself out uh, as these things come online. Um you know, especially as they're looking to scale up, I think all all software companies understand that the the money isn't in the un- individual user. It's it's always in the enterprise sales. It's always in selling your services to large companies, and um, these that functionality is is coming, um, especially with more competition coming online for these generative AI. Uh, uh, bots or whatever you want to call them. Um, Google set to release Bard, which is, seems like it's going to kind of just change the world as we know it. <laughs> and then you have other com- 
companies, other smaller companies that um, you know claim to have this uh, this technology as well uh, on par with with the you know um, OpenAI and, and and Google. So um, the, it seems like the only way that they're actually going to scale and, and make these uh, these these systems profitable are to sell them to to larger corporations, and um, it'll be interesting to see how. That impacts the 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 job sector and, and the, the global market in, in general. Um, you know, with increasing levels of sophistication, especially ChatGPT just released, I believe, or OpenAI, pardon me, released GPT four. Um, I was watching a uh, a little demonstration, and basically one of the one of the the many sort of advancements that they made was that it could now um, recognize images and and create responses based off of uh, images, generative responses based. So if you showed it a uh, one of the examples was they sh- they uploaded a picture of um, a rock hanging by a string, and it asked ChatGPT, "What would happen if I cut the string?" Simple enough. Uh, for a human, <laughs> but for a, uh, you know a traditional computing system, that's almost you know it's an it's a very difficult question to pose. But it answered it with uh, stunning accuracy, and um, you know things like that. Uh, I feel like extrapolating out are going to have real impacts on 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 uh, the landscape in very very short order. I mean, I think by the end of this year, the world's going to look quite different than it did at the beginning. Um, and, you know, small businesses are, are going to, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I feel like small businesses could either thrive. Um, it could either be the, the most, you know, democratizing technology of our lifetime. Or um, if these companies orient themselves to be better leveraged by larger corporations, it could really sort of um, raise the field. It could, it could, it could, um, you know, wipe a lot of small businesses out uh, because one of the advantages that small businesses have is that, um, that flexibility, that, that ability to be nimble and answer quickly to clients and um, devote a lot of their attention to clients needs. Uh, And with these AI coming online, it seems like that, that, that technology and that that sort of leverage point can be oriented in either direction, either in favor of small businesses or or against them. So um, it's it's going to be it's going to be quite quite a, a an interesting time to be to be a small business here. Yeah, and regarding you know small businesses, and we could talk specifically to. Chat GPT, obviously, we seems like we all have experience with it now. But I thought it was interesting, you know, the Chat GPT four, and the the example that I saw was, and I talked to Troll about this too earlier this week, was that essentially someone gave it a smart contract um, on Ethereum, saw that. and it, yeah, I did. Yeah, you might have seen it too. Where they said that you know, it pretty much solved and gave the reason why you know this contract was exploited, and they pretty much gave instructions on how to exploit it. But the issue that I saw with that is apparently that exploit was well documented and written about. So it's almost like you know, parts of ChatGPT is just a really good Google search. It could have just 
you know, quickly search Google or whatever search engine it uses and come up with an answer based off of an average of, you know, 10 blog posts. But your example of, you know, making the software actually think for itself with logic, I, I think that's more interesting and more interesting use case. Because, yeah, if ChatGPT is a better Google searcher than all of us, that's that definitely has some worth. But that added element of, you know, being able to, able to think logically is, I think, important. And that's something that small businesses have to be aware of when they're using these new technologies is, you know, how to use them and to know why you're using them. Because, you know, if you're getting feedback and from chat GPT on, you know, I wouldn't ask it for like business, you know, opinions, but, you know, if you're getting feedback and you don't want it to just be like a general consensus of Google, you know, you want to be able to actually use it in, in the right way. And, you know, I, I think that's definitely a, a wrong way to use it if you're just using it as a more enhanced version of Google. Yeah, that's true. And, and it's, it's, it's fascinating that you say that because, you know, with its integration into Bing, that's kind of what how the larger corporate or you know Microsoft a larger corporation is envisioning its its use case at least for right now um and in that that sort of scenario it it can remain relatively benign um i think what you're um sort of alluding to is um in that logic which then you extrapolate that out and that becomes the more general ai because right now it's it's generative instead of like a general ai which um is the kind of ai that we see in in the movies with um basically uh you know a, a sentient being um you know this the singularity um i i think that uh, you know small businesses are i think the incentive is there to to include these um, these technologies into your workflow. Um, but we do have to be cautious that, um, you know, how this is being used, like you said, how it's being leveraged, um, you know, especially when you are, say, working in the consulting world and you have clients that value their privacy, um, you have different contingencies in place that that enhance privacy <laughs> uh, laws with some sort of, you know, penalty. Um that's a real concern, especially when you're you're talking about sort of these closed systems like ChatGPT, where you don't know what that data that they're collecting is 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 really being leveraged for, how it's being utilized, and um, where it's being stored, who can access it. Um, you know, you if you get really specific with some sort of prompt to chat GPT uh, that exposes a lot of potential sensitive uh, sensitive information, can your uh, competitor then go in and sort of reverse engineer a search with that information and then uh, gain access to uh, some some data that you uh, you would rather them not have? Um, you know, all of these are, are different considerations and especially you know, with these AI, when you consider that sort of the way that they work is, is they're fed so much information that the, the engineers and the developers eventually get to a point where they don't know how it's being processed on the inside. It becomes a black box. Uh, that 
has a lot of different uh, really important and really uh, pressing security concerns wrapped up into it. Um, and uh, until there's more transparency around that, it's it's difficult to not um, at least exercise a, an extreme level of caution uh, for, and I'm thinking specifically of consulting firms, um, when, when you're talking about utilizing these, uh, these new technologies. So... Yeah. Um. Yeah. And something that, you know, I've seen, I wouldn't say a lot of small businesses doing, but it seems like there's already been a couple around my friend groups that have put out notices about ChatGPT. And essentially they introduced it to the company. They sort of defined what it was for the company. And then they define what its usage should or shouldn't be for the company. And my one friend's company, you know, they said that flat out, you know, you can't be using ChatGPT for any company matters. So they just came out and said, you know, no right away, which is interesting. And they cited the, the privacy concerns, of course, which, you know, makes sense. The other, my other friend's company, though, they said that they could use it, but they need to be cautious and make sure you know there's no critical information going in there, and to keep you know everything generic, which that's probably the right way to use it. And you know, for as a general guidance for small companies, I think that's the better way to approach new technologies like this: is stay ahead of the curve, know what's going on, and. You know, the tech world, since you know, mostly everyone's still remote. And by being ahead of the curve, you know, you can write policies and sort of inform your company quicker than any of the other companies before something seriously goes wrong. I could not have said that better myself. And you know, I think we can we can go on and on about this and we will continue to touch on this subject, but I think that was a really, really good place to end this particular conversation. And um, we will continue monitoring these developments as they come online. Um, we'll continue to report on them as uh, we find different use cases and different uh, relevancies for sm- uh, small businesses. Um, but we thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Country Intelligence Report. Please like and subscribe to stay on top of the latest developments with the show. For more information on the Country Intelligence Group, please visit our website at www.countryintel.com. You can also be found across multiple social media platforms at Country Intel.